I apologize in advance. But it's his intro, so I'll just wait on him. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Jacob train. You didn't miss the train. Welcome to Milk and Screens. Yeah, you, th- you know, last week we weren't here and you were like, man, I guess I missed the train. Nope, we just didn't come. And that's why you're here, because you can get my jokes. And that's why I'm here, because I can make the jokes that kind of slap against the wall. <laughs> guys, welcome to Milk and Screams. What Again. up? How you guys doing this week? You guys doing okay? Episode we- 19. We are closing in on that 20th. We're almost legal to drink, Bro. if you know what I mean. What does that mean for a podcast, though? <laughs> what do we get? What do we get to do as a twenty-first podcast? I don't know. Because podcasts can't drink; it's just, it's just sound. Well, and sometimes video. Which what that probably there. means is that I'll probably start drinking on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll get banned from YouTube. No, people drink on the podcast all the time. Speaking of which. YouTube wouldn't know if you were drinking unless we had a video version actually recording us, which we are getting more and more <laughs> steps closer towards. Yes, most Nailed it. Perfect segue. More and more and more and more and more. Uh, it's coming. I know we say that every time, but it's coming. Jacob got back from going back home, and we've got these two stands uh, with lighting toward us with the big shades in front of them, which yeah. uh, it looks nice on the camera. It does. Um. I was kind of shocked. Yeah, nothing too crazy expensive, nothing too crazy high quality, but, you know, we're just here. Yeah. We're here for the good times. Oh, man, it's going to be good. I'm excited, guys. Um, Also, uh, good Lord. That that was was like a 10-second thought that all came out in noise. Now, listen. I missed the train <laughs> of thought that was going in my head. It was, it, I was running after it, and I missed it. I don't think you missed it. You caught the very tail end of it, but you spent 10 seconds pulling yourself onto the train because that's why the— uh, Kyle, I still don't know what I wanted to say. That's what I'm saying. Here, I'll say something. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we're going to be talking about—we're going to do a two-episode-long uh, segment of our European— excursions yeah. european escapades something european something that starts with an e i like escapades you're our european escapades that's accurate yeah man we went to europe one time yeah back um, in 2019, 2019 nearly two years ago and it's funny is we both ended up going to europe at the same time but not with each other no so uh the quick synopsis of it is end of the 2018 2019 school year at the very beginning, summer A, for six weeks, I went and studied abroad in Germany. I was there for six weeks. Jacob, with uh, your musical theater group um, from the state college back home, went to France for two weeks. And his two weeks fell into the period of my six weeks that I was in Germany. Right. But, like, we didn't we didn't meet up, up or, or anything. I mean, I just that was just going to be impossible. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was kind of chaperoned in my group a little bit. Yeah, more. like you guys weren't hanging out with anyone that wasn't your group, and I was yeah. doing school and other excursions and field trips while I was there. So we didn't see each other while in Europe, but we were but both it was there. so crazy how we were like a hop, a skip, and a jump away. Like, like, yeah, especially I mean, when I was in Paris. Like, that was pretty I think quick to Osnabrück. One of our – we had two free weekends, and one of our free weekends – free weekends, some of us were thinking about going to Paris – because there was a really cheap, cheap 
bus trip there and back. Mm-hmm. I forget the company's name, but there's some company in Europe that does really cheap bus trips because it's a really crammed bus and just not fun to ride in at all. Right. So it's really cheap. It was like a 13 hour trip there. Oh, wow. On bus. Like it was still pretty long to Paris. Yeah. Because we were in northern Germany. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Um, But yeah, man. It's something that I was just kind of like thinking about the other day. I was like, we can spend a long time just talking about our trips. Honestly, I was reminiscing about my trip to France, and I was just like, I think about Germany all the time. It'd be fun just to talk about it and have it kind of just logged into you know the podcast, Um, which I think eventually when we look back on it, it'll probably just be like a log to us, like a log book. Yeah, we can go back and listen to it, but that's for another time. Uh, So before we get into that. Um, something's come up recently. We were having a different conversation. <laughs> uh, surprised. I know we, we had a different conversation, but this was perfect. Uh, uh, cold open for the podcast. Um, because it's something that happens to both of us pretty often. Uh, but last night I saw this happening to someone and I was, I felt the need to intervene because I was, uh, I was perturbed for lack of a better word from personal experience. Yes. The perturbed. I I, I had uh, I had war flashbacks. War flashbacks. <laughs> the PTSD of being asked this particular question. So, we were playing Ultimate Frisbee. Um late night Ultimate Frisbee. Uh like grown people do. Like grown people do. Honestly, it's Children play in the day. <laughs> <laughs> grown people play late at night. That's Accurate though, <laughs> although we did have someone who looked like a child playing with. He was a night. child. He was like a sophomore in uh, high school. Okay, so that was what it was then. Because Again, I I don't know where he came from. He's been out there like one other time, but so wild. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go play with college kids because <laughs> he came out there and his voice was not cracked. And I was like, there's either this guy's just really smart and he's going to UF, which props to him. You mm-hmm. know, he's five foot four, but yet he is going to college. Good for him. Or he's a, a local high school student. Someone was like, he's a freshman in college he's 18 i'm like guys come on i was not born on april 7th you know of like, course <laughs> like which was yesterday <laughs> or i guess two days two ago because yesterday yesterday, yesterday, was yesterday it was yesterday <laughs> yesterday was yesterday are you okay are you okay no yesterday april 7th was yesterday so yesterday it was yesterday it being april 7th yeah days are weird anyways um so back to what i was saying we were all kind of in a pod just kind of talking and um, someone had pointed out that this girl that was playing with us was a a good singer. Uh, someone was like, man, she sings really good. And someone was like, sing for us. And then other people were like, sing for us. And this girl was like, no, I'm good. We're sweaty and we're outside and I haven't warmed up. No, I'm good. And everyone was like, no, 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 here, sing this song. I, this song is perfect for you. I know it is. And they they picked like uh, – uh, see the light from Tangled. Of course they did. Like they're just like, yeah, sing it, and like it, it, it was like bothering, bothering me. Cause I was kinda, dance monkey, dance. Like I was just like, I, 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 I had to intervene. It's like, hey, she doesn't have to sing if she doesn't want to, you know, yada yada yada. And I was like, hey, I feel your pain. I've been there before. I know how it feels. And they were like, oh, you sing, you sing for us. And I was like, you missed the entire <laughs> point of what I just did. No, I'm this, not singing for you. The, for I, at that point, these people were like, oh. He didn't say that to say, I want to help this person. He said that to say, I also sing, give me attention, which wasn't the case. No, I don't the want The case that was, stop asking her to sing. Which brings up, like, another point, like, this this point that the people who sing or, or have a talent, like, if they, like, 
draw. People were like, show me your drawings. Draw mm-hmm. for me. Or like people who dance. Like you don't pe- – what people want is to not pay for that art that they're, they're performing, right? Mm-hmm. There are people like me who are my age who go to bars and stuff like that, and they sing professionally at bars to like get entertainment, get tips, and make their way up. They play live music or they dance, you know, um, recreationally. They teach dance classes. But the point being, this stuff is our livelihood for a lot of people. Or um, respected, we stuff we practice a lot. And if you ask us to just pull it out and just like go at it, it's kind of disrespectful. And I think that is there's an environment for that that's specifically uh, made for that, i.e., like a recital hall or a theater. Or a stage, like anywhere. Like, if they don't ask me to, to see me sing, I have videos on my phone of me singing at recital. I'm, I'm warmed up. I'm wearing a suit. Like, I, I sounded really good. <laughs> so I showed them the, those videos. And normally they're like, wow, like one time at work, like super, super late at night, like these people would not stop pestering me. And eventually I was like, you know what? It's like this person's last day or something. I, I remember exactly what the situation was. But I was like, all right, I can. I can pull something out of my button and sing for them. Yeah, that's how singing works. And, you know, they sat down, and I was like, it was just me and them. And it's so intimate and so creepy and scary. It's so biz- it's such a bizarre thing. So I was like, all right, uh, here I go. And I sang something, we, you know, Poppy, which is not typically my wheelhouse, but I, I did it, and I sang it to them. And they were like, oh, it was, it was okay. That was fun. I was like, that's all you wanted? Like, did I not do good? There's like, something about, like, I am – I do not care about singing in front of people. Obviously, that's part of, you know, performing yeah. like, you know, whatever, being part of worship team or like being in a car and singing with friends when a song is on. Mm-hmm. Dope. I'm going to sing. You can hear my voice. But if we're in a situation just kind of around and singing is not going to be a part of that situation and was never really supposed to be, that's it's weird to just kind of put someone on the spot and be like, oh, you sing. You should sing for me. What's that going to accomplish? Absolutely like, nothing. Like, That's the point. It's so. Instead, you should be like, hey, you should come see me lead worship these nights. And that's, you know, or, hey, you should come to my recital of this state. Right. And if they, if they don't want to do that, then they don't want to see you sing. They want to, you, you know. Or, hey, let's go on a drive and just blast High School Musical and we can sing it together. Yeah. I am so down for that. I am not down to just sing in the middle of Flavit Field <laughs> because you asked me to. It's so dumb. Like, I, I like. And, oh, and I think the reason why people do this is because they do not have that that arts drive. I think, or I think, because most of the time it's obviously people asking you to sing that don't sing themselves. Not at least in a in a sense where they would say singing is something I'm good at and like to do. Yeah. Like so, in their mind, I think when they're asking you to do that, they're thinking I'm showing an interest in what this person has an ability to do and do well so they're most likely appreciative of the fact that i want to hear their singing voice which while true i am appreciative of the fact that you want to hear me sing because you believe that i am good at singing Mm -hmm. i do not want to do it for you when you ask in just some random situation i that's the last thing honestly that i want to do ever i'm trying to think of something that is synonymous with that that people don't like being asked to do like but it's hard to think of it like like Something people were really good at, like a lot of people were great at it, but like if you asked them to do it on the spot, it'd be weird. Like, I don't know. Um, I feel like if someone uh, okay, we were playing Ultimate Frisbee last night, 
if I went up to Tim and was like, Tim, I heard you run fast. Sprint and, that way. And, and Tim was like, yeah, I run fast. Sprint. Go sprint for me. Show me. I want to see you run fast. Go on. Go do it. I should have said it to Tim last night because he was the one, he was the one pestering you oh, know, really? Sarah. Yeah. Um, I, I should have just said, hey, go go run. Go run for me. Show me. Run, child. <laughs> Does, you see how crazy that sounds? That, that sounds dumb. Why would I ever ask someone to run for me? Yeah, it's really – it's a really frustrating thing. Instead, I could have been like, hey, Tim, let's go on a run together. I heard you're really good at running. I'd love to race you or whatever. Like, th- you know what I mean? That's that's the kind of, I don't know. The, the I think the singing of it is just like, it's like from the movies and it's like, you know, the singer. It's like romanticized a bit. And you bring up an interesting, an interesting point, I think. Like, if right then you were like, hey, Tim, let's race. Together, let's run, right? right. If in that moment... Someone was asking Sarah to sing, and they were like, I'll sing with you whatever song it is because, I, I don't know, maybe we could harmonize or whatever. Is that still weird? Because the Racing Tim thing doesn't seem as weird, but the singing together thing still seems weird to me. The Racing thing, which is off the top of my head. Right. I'm just so, – I'm, so- I'm saying that that worked because it was together, and I was thinking about the singing together thing like in the car. Right. They even tried to say, hey, we'll all sing together. I was like – no. Yeah. No, we won't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's again, singing Good. is a special thing. But like, yeah, I was that's, that's, to... that, that was the point I wanted to get to with that answer. Is that yeah. singing is the? It's kind of a weird exception because, like, obviously, running in that instant, you could be like, "Let's run right now together," and be like, "All right, yeah." Also, because we were out there playing ultimate, that was kind of the point of being out there was a lot of running. Right. But so that we was situationally like, correct. Yeah. If we were like in a theater, and I was like, "Hey, Tim." Heard you can run fast. <laughs> Let's race. Sprint we're, to the stage. We're in loafers. Let's <laughs> race. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I, 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 um, it's a weird thing that I, I haven't put much thought into until yesterday when we were just kind of like ranting about it in the car. I was like, we should definitely just put some, put some thought into this and talk about. Yeah, it I guess the moral of the story is, if you've ever been the person to ask somebody to sing, or you catch yourself going to do it in the future. Instead, don't. don't and be like, hey, we should go to this open mic night sometime together. And, you know, I can hear you sing in that. And I'll also sing at some point. It's or- OK to ask. Like, it's OK to be like, I heard you sing because that's people's interest. They like talking about their interests. And yeah. they're really shy. You know, they'd be like, oh. but don't ask them to sing on the spot. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Talk to them about what they like to do, obviously, engage in people's interests, like you said. But. Especially with singing, don't ask them on the spot to be like, "Bust out a tune, monkey." Bust out a tune. This is wild. I just thought about two because I said tune, but I feel like I said it spelled T O O N, and I realized tune, like singing a tune, and tune, like cartoon. Uh huh. It's the same word, but it's two completely different things. I know I do that a lot. They're, it's called a homonym. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot with you. I, I say a homonym. You're like, yep, that's the thing, Jake. <laughs> and I just I have to uh, expel that. From my Was brain. Looney Tunes UNES or OONS? OONS. Because I never really watched it that much. So when people have the debate, I have no stake in it. I just really don't know which one it is. Oh, no. It, it's O because it, cause tunes means singing. So they didn't sing. They were Looney cartoons. So the Looney Tunes. Right. I didn't know there was, there was this debate. It's very – Not like simple. an online debate where everyone's like, it was this one because obviously you can look it up. But in a couple situations, like in, like in 
actual oh. real life people have been i've heard that conversation and i'll just kind of listen and been like i don't know which one it is you could look it up but i mean i wouldn't if i run your shoes it's definitely not looney tunes is in singing it's looney tunes is in cartoons you're probably right you want to find out oh you make me so I'm 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 saying right now that I that everything you said makes complete sense. And and, and uh-huh. you're still saying there's a chance that I could be wrong. Yeah, there because is. Because you don't believe that I can be right. <laughs> no, it's not that I don't believe you could be right. It's that I believe there's a chance you could be wrong because you're not 100% about this. You're just very sure. Cuz just like uh-huh. me, you've really never watched the show. Looney Tunes. And would you look at that? I'm wrong. Oh really? Yes. Okay. I'm wrong. See, I told you there was a chance. But you couldn't believe in me. You couldn't just say, you know what? No. Jacob? Also, in my head, I saw like the spelling, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen the O O. I've definitely seen the U before. I've always seen the O's. That's a Mandela effect. Thing. It's one of them Berenstein Bears are things. You, are yeah. You serious? I told you there was just a chance. It doesn't. It wasn't that I believed that you were incorrect. Well, I was believed that there was a chance that you were incorrect. So they put a double O in Looney. Yeah. But didn't put it in tunes. Why is it like this? I really don't know because, like I said, I know what the show is, and I'm sure I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I I didn't watch it as a kid, so I don't really know what the basis of it is other than cartoon characters being put in silly situations like most children television shows. So I don't really know anything about it as to why the spelling would be that way. That's so wild. I don't know how we really got to that point um, from don't ask people to sing on the spot. But regardless, that that's our little side tangent. I feel pet like peeve. I feel like it's been spelled with the double O for sixty years. I mean, probably <laughs> eighty years. Like it's, it's it's been on since like the forties. And then a minute and a like, half ago, the internet changed it all. A minute and a half ago, they were like, Jacob and Kyle are having an argument. <laughs> make Kyle right and make Kyle correct, or don't make Kyle correct because he didn't have a stake. Just make Jacob incorrect. <laughs> yep, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Everyone listening to this who knew that is like, oh, Jacob's going to be so mad whenever he looks it up and sees he's incorrect. That's so funny. (laughs) It's funny to you. It's hilarious to you. And it's hilarious to you as well. One day, when you look back on this record that we've kept, you'll be like, oh, that was really funny that I was so wrong and thought I was so right. That's hilarious. Whatever. (laughs) All right. Well, off of our little tangent, it's time to get back to what the – the crux of the episode is uh, European European Escapade Part 1. Part 1. And that's Germany. I guess technically Germany slash Amsterdam, but Amsterdam was only two days. So mostly Germany. Germany. We don't really have a format for how we're going to be doing this. I'm just going to kind of say things that happened in Germany, and we'll have a conversation yeah. from there. Yeah, I'll try and interject, but I'm not going to try yeah. you know, too much. So... I think the first thing to point out is that it was the first time I'd flown alone. It was the first time I'd flown since I was like 12 years old. Cause when I was little, we went to New Jersey a couple times. One of the times we drove up and then one of the times we flew, I, I wasn't afraid of flying or anything. I just, that was when I was 12 and I was with my whole family. So this time it was a flight from Tampa straight to Frankfurt. And then I took a bus from there to oh, this. You guys didn't have a connecting flight? No, I went from Tampa straight to Frankfurt, and then I took a bus from there to Osnabrück because there's not a – Osnabrück was the city we were in. It's a small city. There's not an airport or anything. Did you guys fly out of VPS to go to Tampa? No, I was – so it was 
the last day of classes that semester was May 3rd mm-hmm. and then my flight left May 4th. So I was here in Gainesville and then the next day, like my mom and uncle came down to help me get some stuff and grab all of my stuff that I wasn't taking and take it back home out of oh, my no. dorm. And then we drove down to Tampa the next day. And then at 7.30 at night, I got on my flight. Wow. I left for Germany. That was not like my experience. Yeah, it was, it was immediate. Yeah. Um, and my goal was to sleep a little bit on the plane so that when I landed, I was just going to have a normal day without any jet lag, which I did successfully. So we left at 7.30. It was about a nine-hour flight to Frankfurt. And so I slept for about three or four hours of the flight. So when I woke up on the plane, whatever time zone we were in at that point, it was probably like six in the morning, maybe Mm -hmm. seven in the morning where I woke up. By the time we landed, it was about one o'clock in Germany. And for some reason, the day we landed, it was very cold in Germany. Mm. It was summer, but it was very cold. The first three weeks we were there, it was around the 40 to 65-ish range in temperature. Fahrenheit, of course. I know I was in Germany, but I'm going to be speaking in terms of Fahrenheit. Gotcha. So it was fairly cold those first three weeks. And that's a that's another thing about travel. I noticed, I mean, a lot of the people that were traveling to Germany were wearing pants. And I was like, oh, they must just know the weather. But a lot of the people were wearing nice clothes because I think it's a European thing. But it's definitely a German thing where when you're traveling, you dress nicely. Mm. Like there were straight up people, you know with vests over a collared shirt and khakis and you know nice loafers and stuff like that and that was that's how they traveled they just looked they looked nice they looked like they were going to a prep school in the 90s that was what it was in france too but i just fully expected that if they weren't tourists they they were clearly parisians because they just dressed so nicely um and that's just their reputation right and i Um, wasn't in like i wasn't in like pj pants or anything i just i had a shirt and normal shorts on like, I didn't have athletic shorts on, I don't even think. I think I had just my normal shorts on and just some BCM shirt on, mm-hmm. I think. But like I said, I wasn't dressed in baggy nonsense, but... You felt the pressure? I yeah. mean, I didn't feel the pressure. I just looked around and I was like, oh, this is different. Yeah. And I didn't really experience the culture shock that I thought I would. Even getting to Germany, I got there and I was like, another place. Cool. Really? Yeah. I mean, obviously... I all the experiences that happened to me were obviously very not American because I wasn't in America. Yeah. So like I was very, I was very receptive and appreciative to all of the experiences that were happening, but I didn't have that culture shock that you have that people talk about where they're like a little anxious about it because they don't know what's happening or they're a little bit like they feel incredibly out of place and, um, a little homesick because they feel out of place. I didn't really have any of that. I think because I was just so excited to be there that anything that happened, I was like, oh, I guess that's the way it is. And I just I just accepted it and moved on. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really have that culture shock, which I was kind of thankful for. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, obviously I missed, you know, being home, but I wasn't homesick. I wasn't homesick at all. I, I was really I was really glad to not be in America. Yeah. It was the first time I'd been outside of America was going to Germany at how old was I this is 2019 I'm drawing a blank on my age I would have been I turned 21 after the trip yeah so did I because our trip ended like June 14th and then I turned 21 later that month yep 
So I was 20 when I was there. Hadn't ever been out of the country before. So I was just really excited to be out. And so I land and I take the bus into the center of town. And one of the uh, one of the German assistants of the whole group picked us up because uh, it was me and this other guy happened to have the same flight and same bus over there. Mm. Um, so she picked us up and her name was Pia. Really cool. I loved her the entire trip. She was so much fun. All, all of them were. Her and this guy named Lars were just really fun to be around. And so we get to the house that we're staying in. And some other people have already been there. And they're up napping in their rooms because they're all tired. And so I was just talking to Pia in the kitchen because I wasn't going to go to sleep. I had, I had perfected my sleep schedule on the plane. So I was very awake. It was one in the afternoon. And I was like ready to take on this German day. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there talking to her in the kitchen. And at some point, you know, we talk about she's asking questions about America and about some of the politics in America. And she's like, she, she, has, she starts asking questions like, why don't you guys regulate your guns? And I was like, I, man, this is a conversation I'm not ready to have with you. It's so funny. I had a very similar conversation with a Frenchman. I'm not even joking. Really? Yeah. What my, my host parents took me to their son's house. Uh, and this guy was so cool. He had an electric car and he had, um, this shed where he like had a bunch of exotic plants. He grew his own fruit and made his own jams fresh. And we ate them for breakfast all the time. It was delicious. Um, really cool guy. I had this really nice, um, amber ale at his house, but we just, you know, got to conversating and then he was just like, so guns. Why you guys got them? And I'm like, dude, you're asking me. <laughs> dude, I, I mean, it was so bizarre. Yeah, they, yeah. I had, and it was funny too is at the airport and in a lot of the public places they had armed guards everywhere, like big mm. guns, like like not like you know a shotgun or like a, a rifle, but it was like in a, like a heavy duty military rifle. Um, and they were, were patrolling, walking around. They're walking above, looking down. I mean, it was really heavily armed yeah um, yeah the airports and like the frankfurt airport just super heavily armed but yeah so she's asking that question and at some point in the conversation obviously we're having this conversation fully in english because that's all i know mm -hmm. i had done some duolingo for german to before going there so i knew some of the basic stuff that i needed to know not all the basics obviously but just some little things but we're having this conversation in english and somewhere in the conversation we you know we're talking about the differences between countries and um, she was like, I think she asked me, how many languages do you know? And I said, ah, like 1.003, because I know some Spanish and German. I don't remember what exactly I said, but she was like, oh, I mean, I know German, obviously, because that's where she's from. And she says, and my Spanish is better than my English. And I was like, hey, we've been having a whole conversation in English. You've understood all of the words I've said, and I've used some lengthy words because that's kind of how I talk. And your Spanish is better than that? And she was like, yeah, I'm going to Mexico soon to visit whoever. I forget, family, friends, whatever. And I was like, you know three languages at least. That's very typical. It was and nuts. I'll, I'll get into my experience with going to a French elementary school or like middle school uh, when I talk about my trip, but it is staggering how much they know it's crazy because they start learning english i believe in kindergarten and some of their households start just teaching them in the house beforehand because they already have to know it yeah it's so it's crazy wild. and obviously so wild you know we've been learning about this stuff for years that children are way more um what's the word i'm looking for like they're receptive and so they learn a different language at a younger age oh, yeah, much yeah, yeah. better yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i forget the word i'm looking for there but 
yeah, so I mean, I mean, that alone was crazy. But so when we first got there, like I said, it was the beginning of May. And in Germany, there's this celebration, especially in the city Osnabrück, called uh, I think I believe it's called Mayfaka, which is just it's it's in Osnabrück at least it was this ten day celebration, and the whole celebration was the fact that May is here, and they take like a week and more to celebrate that May is here, and that I mean some of them were a little bit surprised to learn that you're not allowed to drink in public in America, because <laughs> that is that is German culture. Like at its core is what they were telling us is that when you're celebrating and you know you're out on the streets, you're drinking, because that's just how it is here. That also kind of just surprises me because like when I became an adult, I was like, all right, cool, I can kind of just do whatever I want. Like especially when I became 21, I was like, all right, I can just drink. But you can't just walk around and just drink in public. It's legal in a lot of places. Yep. It's like, well, why? You know, like, <laughs> like. It, I, I understand Funny. why public intoxication is illegal or like public like I, I at some alcohol level like being super drunk in public. I get that. But I don't. Just drinking, I don't really understand. But anyway. So, it's this whole celebration and there's there's like carnival rides in the center of the city and so we're going through and they're just we're just eating so much food. And we get, we get to this stand and they're uh, they're making bratwurst, mm -hmm. but they have they have this huge metal circular plate, like this uh, griddle almost, and they have it swinging over a charcoal fire, and they just got meats laid out all over it, just bratwurst and sausages and just all kinds of meats on this thing swinging over the charcoal fire. And they gave us the bratwurst, and it was so good, but I had one complaint, and this was it. When they give you bratwurst, they give you this thing that's like a foot and a half long, like straight up a foot and a half long. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And then the bun that encompasses it is legitimately like three inches long. And they just throw it in the center. And that's just kind of how you hold the bratwurst and eat it. But the bun is legitimately a sixteenth of the length of the entire bratwurst. Wow. And it was so it's just so odd to look at and just hold it by the bun. And then eat all the way down to the bun and then flip it and eat it all the way down to the bun. And then you have what kind of looks like a normal hot dog. Huh. It was really weird, but very welcome because it was so good. Yeah, I bet it was great. That sounds awesome. A side thing that I noticed, especially during the celebration and when we went to some of the parks as well. People in Germany, when they walk their dogs, do not require a leash. Probably 80% of the people I saw walking with dogs just did not have a leash with them. The dog was just next to them. And when they started walking, the dog walked with them. And when the, they stopped, the dog stopped. They never walked people with leashes. It was this weird phenomenon that we noticed the entire trip that hmm. we would always see people with dogs and we'd always try to see, you know, if they had a leash. And most of the time, it was a no. They just didn't have leashes. They didn't need them for some reason. I don't know what it is. It about just sounds like you entered heaven. Like, real, dude, like, straight up, they were just kind of walking around, and dogs would follow them. That's so funny. And I mean, at that point, I didn't, I, I didn't know if some of these dogs actually belonged to these people because there were no leashes. They just kind of <laughs> walked with them, and you just kind of assumed that they were theirs. Right. Um. I. So I guess to go for the. Some of the bigger things we did, we had we had a couple of trips planned by the people, and we went to Berlin. Mm -hmm. for four days it was the i think the first weekend we were there indiana jones went there one time 
Well, I was there as well, so I am Indiana Jones, I think. Kyle's Indiana Jones. Earth. That's the title of the episode. So we went to Berlin, and I my my four days there, I had this kind of weird experience because I, I did really well in school. I loved school all the way growing up, and obviously I did a little bit of college before I went and uh, and did the study abroad trip. But it was while I was in Germany that I realized how much I didn't know, especially when it came to, I guess I'll call it significant points in history. Like I knew, I knew that things had happened in history, obviously, but I realized how much I just hadn't learned in school. I did not know how recently the Berlin wall fell. Yeah. I did not know that it fell in 1989 and then Berlin completely officially came together in 1990. That's so so incredibly recent. The whole Berlin Wall incident is so wild to me Um, because I actually recently went went through um, and watched some history stuff about the Berlin Wall and just, you know, kind of like the battle for communism and capitalism during that time. And it's such a weird, weird phenomenon that we had this internal strife between classes and between um, ideologies, and there was never, like, a shot fired. There was never a stray, you know, mm-hmm. there was never a missile fired, you know. Like, it was just everyone was like, I'm ready to punch you. And it was really creepy times. And Berlin was such a weird example of that, obviously, because on one side you had – capitalism at its finest like they had strip clubs and they had you know you name it business was booming people were making so much money yeah west berlin was popping and then on the communistic side it was just you know life as normal and there was no um big flashy buildings or lights or anything like that like it was you know it wasn't hell i I don't think it was necessarily that drastic but it was very different if you live within a mile of this wall and people would often pass back and forth between the wall and then they, you know, banned it. It was, it's a wild story. I say story. It's a wild historical event <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Um, so I, there were two instances while I was in Germany that I, that I really felt impacted by history. There were two of them. One of them pertained to the whole East West Berlin thing. We were in one of these, we were in one of these uh, stations where people would come to, be granted access to travel to West Berlin or from West to East Berlin. Mm. And so this guide is showing us around and showing us pictures of people in suitcases that people would bring with just really nothing inside of them and like, but try to hide things to smuggle over to people on the other side. And at some point we got to one of the stations where you would go in to, you know, get your passport looked at and, just kind of be questioned to go through and she said does anyone want to uh volunteer for something that i need and again we we all we'd all only been together for about a week all of us in our group but we gotten we gotten really familiar with each other in that week so we were all really um joking with each other and kind of had a we already had a pretty good idea of everyone's personality and so at that point everyone when she asked that a lot of people kind of looked at me and they were like this guy i'll just kind of go, go do anything and I had already had my hand raised. So they were like, yeah, Kyle, you go do it. So she brings me over and she brings me into this, this station, which the whole thing was probably about 
um, I'm going to say six feet wide. About four and a half of those feet were inside of a glass case, and it was where the official was standing to look at you. So you only had about a foot and a half's worth of space to stand and look at the person. So you felt incredibly confined, first of all. There is a slanted mirror above you, and so the person that's uh, that's determining whether you know you get to go through or not can look at that and look directly down at you. They're also elevated about a foot above you, and so when she stood in there, she was looking so far down at me, and the whole thing was just, it was just, she put me in there to just show me how incredibly intimidating and scary it was to go in there just to try and have a chance at seeing people on the other side because I like I w- I was being seen from all angles and I was confined and being looked down upon and it was mm. like I, 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 I remember standing there and being like this is this was a lot of people but when it was happening in real time and felt actual fear I yeah. feel I feel a little bit uneasy now and it's 2019 I'm perfectly fine but I feel uneasy just being inside of this space mm. So that was the first time. And the second time we went to the uh, the, Jew- the Jewish memorial. It's this, it's this big plaza with just a lot of different concrete slabs that are all different heights, but they're all, they're all in rows. They're all in perfect rows and columns, but they're all at different heights. And the plaza is kind of, it's, it's sloped a little bit. It goes up and down. It's kind of, it's kind of hilly. And so it's just all these concrete slabs. And in between all of them, again, it's about a foot and a half's worth of space. And the whole idea is just to walk through it silently. Because each memorial is just a... It, they're all, each slab are all just contributions and just kind of memorials to all, um, all the Jews who were murdered during the Holocaust. And so you'll be walking through and you'll see someone kind of walk across a space in front of you and they're gone in an instant because the spaces are so the spaces are so tight Mm. and a whole lot of the point of the memorial, like when they talk about you about talk to you about the architecture is it's close like that. So when you see someone walk in front of you, you realize just how quickly people were leaving during the Holocaust. Like people are there and then they're gone in an instant because they're taken away. Yeah. And you could round that corner two seconds after you saw them and they're not even there anymore. And it's completely sloped and you kind of, you start taking turns and you get really disoriented and you don't really have any idea where you are. And until you make it out, you don't you don't know where you've been at that point. Um, and so you walk through there just silently. And there's really nothing to think about other than the incredible amount of lives that were lost during the Holocaust. And so it's, it's just really impactful to go through there and just think about what happened. Mm-hmm. You weren't part of it. You had nothing to do with it. You weren't there to experience the loss and the devastation that people felt. But you still feel like you're feeling those things that people felt just walking through these concrete slabs. It's so interesting. Yeah. It's kind of funny, the timing uh, when we went to Europe, because um, I believe it was either the 70th or 75th anniversary of D-Day was during those oh, yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got to visit the beaches of Normandy and the, the memorial there. Um, I think it was either on the day or like within a day or two, because they were doing preparations for a huge ceremony to honor uh, the people who died on that day, but also the Jews on the yeah. Holocaust and stuff like that. But yeah, just not knowing how recent the Berlin Wall was, and obviously Pia speaking at least those three languages. I don't remember if she spoke any others, but I I, I remember even learning those two things and being like, 
I I feel like I was born in the wrong country. Yeah. Just just for this for the sake of being uh well rounded. Like obviously we have incredible privilege living here in America and we're in no reason to complain about being born here. But I mean I would, of course, love to have learned a different language from a very young age and been more informed about history of other countries because that's so important to know. I like I straight up didn't know that it was 19. That was barely 30 years ago. Yeah, that is insane. Like, I feel like my mom should have told me the story about what it was like for her when that happened. Because she well, was 20. She was 22 at the time. I mean, the truth is, Kyle, and this is just honest. Because we're so separated from that world and the world in general, because we're so far west, it will never almost it'll have almost zero impact on the daily lives of people who are just Joe Schmo. My dad knows about it, like cares about it because he was, you know, either gearing up to be in the military at the time or was already in the military. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's huge for him. Um, I think he I think Brittany was born in 89. So he probably was already in the military. Yeah. Um, so. Those things are important to people who, first of all, love history, but also who have lived through that history and, like, you know, are invested in more than just being in America. But because we live in America, we don't have to, quote unquote, care about, yeah, you know, what goes on over there, historical events or anything like that. Like, it's it's kind of sad um, because that's part of our American privilege, but that's just the truth. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a shame because those kinds of things are in very, very important. Like, like the historical events that happened in, in China with the communist takeover. And, right. um, even our neighbors, Canada and Mexico, they obviously have a very rich history mm. and we don't talk about it. We don't care. But like, I feel like if you went to France, France would be very familiar with its neighboring countries history. It's just part of it. They don't learn. They probably, they probably learn American history too, but you know, yeah. not nearly as much. You know what was interesting? What's that? These, the the German college students that were kind of leading us around in some of the instances that we had in some of the trips, and I just kind of guiding us through those first few weeks at least. They were again, they were really funny people, and we loved being around them. And so they would tell a lot of jokes. And somewhere in conversation, um, like slavery in America had come up because mm-hmm. we were talking about. I think we got into a conversation about like how far they would take a joke because, you know, you know, people will make some jokes about some, you know, some kind of racy things and make some jokes about different points in history. And they were like, we would never dare joke about slavery. Not on your life. Would we ever even consider joking about slavery? I thought it was so interesting how, how um, important that they took that and how deeply rooted that was inside of them at least that's how it felt because they were like we would never not on not on your life we wouldn't even think about it that's not funny you know it's funny too this is something that i think could be its own podcast episode um is like where is the line right when it comes to jokes um and there are people who will tell you there's no line and i think that um that's their own prerogative i think i'm pretty open to laugh at just about anything yeah um but there are people who will look you dead in the eyes and say, no, you can't joke about God. Yeah. No, no, you can't joke about God. That's not, that's off the table. No, you can't do that. Or you can't joke about X, Y, Z, you know? But I think if it exists, there is poke, there's poking that can happen. 
but it just goes to show you how different their culture is. They they have been I don't know Germans' history with slavery. I'm sure that they, at some point they probably owned African slaves. I I can just go ahead and assume that. Right. Um just because of the European influence they had. I'm not sure if that was solely Great Britain at the time or if it was all of Europe, but I I just have to assume that's probably exactly what happened. Right. Um but I think what had happened is one of them had made a joke about Hitler. Really? The, one of the Germans? Yeah. Hmm. And we were all kind of surprised by that. Like, I don't, he didn't make a joke about, uh, about Jews in the Holocaust, but he made a, I mean, he made a Hitler joke and he made a couple of them while we were walking into this. We had gone to this, um, we, we had gone to this, uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to call it, but it was one of those places where, um, you kind of, what is the word I'm looking for? You put a harness on and you walk across like from tree to tree. Oh, like a, like a zip lining thing. Kind of like zip lining thing, but not, it wasn't zip lining. It was walking and almost like hiking. Like ropes from tree to, yeah. 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 Like a ropes course. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Um, so we were walking to and from that cause it was like back in the woods across this really beautiful field, mm-hmm. which I have all oh, so many pictures on my old phone that I still have not restored. I was going to get to that eventually, but, but, um, and he had made a couple on the way back. And I think we had, uh, that's how the conversation started because we were just surprised yeah. by it, I guess. And he was like, somehow that came up a conversation. He said, no, yeah, yeah, no slavery. I'll joke about Hitler all the time, but did no you, slavery. Did you tell him that there are some bonehead Americans that just don't believe Hitler was real? And that they don't I don't think I Holocaust? really had the courage to tell him that some people don't believe the Holocaust happened. I just really didn't. I don't know if it crossed my mind to even say it, but if it had, I wouldn't have said it out loud. I don't think. I don't think I would have the courage to say that. Yeah, absolutely incredible. The amount yeah. of stupidity. I think. Um, sorry, yeah. uh, but no. Sorry, go on. No, it's just so wild to me that you know people don't think that happened. But like, I mean, like I was saying, you know, he brings up an interesting point, like just how different we view things. Because I think there are black people who you know can joke about slavery. Um, and they very they very often do it. Um, I think it's about who tells it. What's the yeah. intention of the joke? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all that all that factors in too, right? You know, um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Berlin, there's the 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 kind of one of their main government buildings is called the Reichstag, mm. and so think of America, think of the White House. Do you get to go there? No, big old gated off. The Reichstag, you just walk in. Yeah, I mean they they got guards outside. And it's like you know a metal detector and like, all right, now you can go in. And so you go into the building and there's this big glass dome at the top, and they have those um those like radio things that you put earbuds in and they give you a, like a in an ear walking tour, an audio tour. So you're walking up this ramp of the glass dome and then somewhere in because it's this beautiful glass dome and there's this big spiral that goes in the glass dome as well. And while you're going through the spiral, you look down and you can see. You can see the the seating and the like almost it's almost like like looking into the Senate. You see the seats where they're actually sitting, and there were people there while we were there doing government things. Wow. And the whole point of it, you can see them through this glass dome, look all the way down. The whole point of it is to show the transparency of the government. Did you see Angela Merkel? I don't believe I saw Angela <sighs> Merkel. Um, Dang it! But girl power. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could literally straight up see them doing government, and like I said, whole idea was transparency of government, and you know. You get to see everything that we do, kind of thing. Audio tours are really underrated. They're so good. Aren't I they loved great? them. We we a lot of the places we did tours had some audio tours, and so we would have earbuds in. You know, we're all hearing the same thing at the same time. Um, 
from just some audio from automated thing. But some of the places we went, they gave us earbuds and the lady that was giving us a tour had a microphone because there were so many of us. She would be at the front of the group just talking into the microphone instead of yelling at the group. So we would just hear her in our ears talking at a normal level. Yeah, man. It was great. We we had I've had several different audio tours in my life. One of them. Only one time have I been to a place in America that had a I don't think really I, I don't think I ever have. It was Easter State Penitentiary, um, which honestly is a very fitting place to have an audio tour hmm. because it's an old, old prison and it looks like a castle. It's in the middle of Philadelphia and it's super, really cool. Um, and the audio tour there is super cool. Every like clip ends with a jail cell closing. Um, you know, there are times when you walk through, you hear people in the prison yard shouting at each other. Like yeah. it was just really cool. The thing I like about it is that. It, it keeps everybody quiet because you're listening to the audio tour. Exactly. Especially if you go to somber places, that's so important. Yeah. Um, and then there was a couple of times where, uh, like when we went to the Louvre, uh, we had in ear pieces, and there was a guy who was just on the radio talking to all of us because mm-hmm. you know we had to be able to keep up. And there was ten billion people in the Louvre yeah. because it's such a popular, popular tra- attraction, attraction, museum. Yeah. Um. So we went. Um. While we were in Berlin, one of the days we went and did a biking tour of this uh, the city called Potsdam, mm-hmm. which is, I believe, the capital of one of the states of Germany. Because Berlin is a city state; it's such a huge city that it's one of the states of Germany. Wow, that's how absolutely ginormous Berlin is. Is that it's a city state? Wow, that's crazy. Uh, but then we went to Potsdam, which is this place. However long ago, the king of Prussia at the time would go to just to kind of get away from Berlin and get away from government. He would go to this place called Potsdam. And so we did this biking tour. It's a really pretty city. And then there was this there's this palace that you go to that's super elevated and it's just green and flowers all over the place. And it's just elevation to this ginormous building. And it was just it was gorgeous. And I have a rock on my dresser that I picked up at Potsdam and I was like, this is mine forever now. And that's on my dresser in yeah, there. It's this rock from Potsdam. And I was, it was so, there's some, I honestly also didn't realize how new America was until I had been to Europe. Cause you know, we're always like, oh, 1776 America. And you that know, was the big culture shock for me. And then uh, and other things you hear in history, you know, like in the year 1200, this person did this in this country. And you're like, okay, the year 1200. But you don't realize how old things are in other countries until you see them. And then you're like, this is so much different than everything in America because America is so new compared to legitimately every other country. It's funny, too, because a lot of American history has, for lack of a better word, been erased. Now, don't pin me as one of those people who is like, you know— don't take down the Confederate statues because that's not what I'm saying. But city planners for like the oldest cities in, you know, the United States, like, you know, New York and Philadelphia in the in the 50s in the, in the, when they were really putting a lot of time into planning these cities and making sure that they would be optimized for, for lack of a better word, capitalism. Um, <laughs> when they were making those cities, they took down a lot of monuments. They took down a lot of spaces that had been part of history for a long time yeah. um, and made them whatever they were, offices or buildings or whatever, skyscrapers. That, that's part of what we did. There are 
the, what they did in Paris specifically, I'm not sure if I can speak, you can speak the same thing for Germany, is they like kind of just built around monuments. So like, there's a street that goes down one way, and they're like, oh, there's a 500-foot monument in the middle of the road. We've got to drive a, a big old circle around it now. Yep. And if you want a picture of it, you better take it right here out of your window because that's the only picture you're going to be able to get of it because there's a billion cars driving around it. And then you're going and adjacent. That's in Germany, yeah. Like, it was so wild. Like, the only thing I can think of analogous to that is, like, a city like Philadelphia where there might be a statue on a block of Rocky Balboa. And, like, people line up to get take a picture in front of it. But, like, that's – like, it's so different. Yeah. It's been, the, it's been standing there for 500 years. Yeah. And, like, it's I just mean, so wild to me. Speaking of things that are standing, I don't think I even mentioned it. I talked about – I didn't know the Berlin Wall had fallen so recently. But we also went to the Berlin Wall while we were in Berlin. Yeah. Which was so cool. Because, like, I mean, obviously now it's just caked in art the parts of it that are still standing mm-hmm. just so much such cool art like not like when you see on like on when you pass on a street and someone like graffitied a name and you're like oh he wrote that letter cool but like incredible art just all over the wall and then they took us to this one point where we were standing just at this kind of rant it almost seemed like a random intersection and it was like look down and there was just kind of this this line in the street and he was like this is one of the lines that separated east and west berlin and so we were just straddling this East Berlin, West Berlin line, so just cool. kind of in the middle of the city, just kind of in the middle of nowhere, it kind of seemed like. Yeah. And you just kind of realize, like, you're literally standing in the middle of history. Yeah. And you can't really, you can't, you can't really grasp that fact, especially when you weren't alive for that point of history, mm-hmm. but you're literally standing in the middle of it. There's something really, there's something that happens inside of you that's really hard to just put into words but yeah. it's like it's something that i want to experience so many more times and again it, it's something that you don't experience in america that often Mm-mm. um if you go up north and you visit um yankee town you go to new york city and you go to philadelphia you will you go to like williamsburg or something like you that. will experience some of those things but it is not it is not at all analogous to standing on the eiffel tower or going to the Berlin Wall, or any of those things, because it's just like that stood decades, centuries before me. It was here. It, it's so wild. It it's is, in, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, there's a bajillion things we did to Berlin. Like we we visited churches and went to the museums of art and history, and like we did so much stuff. But there's obviously more to Germany than Berlin. Um, we went to the North Sea at one point, which is one of my favorite. Uh, trips that we did while we were there so we went up there and we had to get up there early because the north sea something weird happens with the tide at the north sea and so you you can take this early tour with this guy that takes you out and you just kind of like if we went to the beach obviously the water would be like right there but when you go to the north sea early in the morning you just walk two miles out to where the ocean should be and the ocean just isn't there yet (laughs) the tide is just so far gone and the north sea is so big that early in the morning the entirety the area that it takes up of where the ocean should be all the way across that whole area is larger than berlin which is again such a huge city that it's a city state that whole area of the spot where the ocean is supposed to be and is not there yet is larger than berlin because the North Sea is so expansive and the t- and the ocean is so far out there. And so he takes us out there 
and we're out there and he's he's just telling us about again the area of this and uh when the tide will come back in and one of the greatest things i learned in germany is that in the north sea there is this this creature some worm-like creature that kind of lives in the dirt and he kind of he 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 punched into the dirt with a shovel and kind of lifted it up and showed us and he was like also if you just stand here and kind of wiggle your toes they'll come up so you wiggle your toes and your toes kind of sink a little into the sand and then these creatures come up and just kind of are like on your toes and then when you stop moving they're like oh the sun is here i don't want to be here right now and then they burrow back into the dirt because they don't want to be in the sun and so we're walking back in he's telling us about these things and he says does anyone want to learn how do they mate and we all said yes please (laughs) and so it goes so what they do is some random night in october every year when there's a full moon these things will come out all the males will come out of the dirt and just release semen into the water and so the north sea just looks white on this one day because all of these worms have come up and released semen and then all the females would come and receive it or however (laughs) you want to word this situation of a very weird way to mate, but somehow they don't really know how, but somehow they all know that it's October and that it's a full moon. Something in their bodies is telling them that it's that time of year again. Hmm. And they come out and do that and make the sea look white with all their nastiness, which I just thought was so funny. But then once he told us that we started walking back in with the tide, the ocean was literally rushing into our feet and so we walked in with the ocean. And so we went and ate some seafood, which was really good, and came back to the ocean. And the ocean was at a spot where it looked like it should have been. Mm-hmm. But it was still only about ankle to shin deep for, for, miles. A, for a long way walking out. But the ocean was back. What was the color of the sand? It was a normal kind of – it wasn't white like Florida sand, but it was like a – it was a light brown like light it, brown. it looked like it could have been florida sand okay. on just kind of an off day okay gotcha. it, it was just, yeah i was just curious because when i went to uh the beach in in france a very similar white sand but i also when we went to the passage de gua where the tie was very similar mm-hmm. uh it was black sand like really really? Like really dark sand yeah so i was just curious yeah it was it was so interesting i mean i loved being at the north sea the only problem was that this was the latter half of the trip where it got really hot in germany and everyone was kind of surprised, including the Germans that lived there, of how hot it was, because it didn't normally get that hot that early uh, in the summer. So we were burning up. And on the way back, our AC didn't work oh. in the van, and there were like eight of us in there because we had two different vans. And so we were packed in. And on the drive back, there was this car on the side of the road completely engulfed in flames. Like there was this 10-foot high fire just on the side of the road with this car. Gosh. Just engulfed that. That was must have been really high. Yeah, the, it gets burst into flames on the side of the road. Um, I didn't so, have I didn't have a joke for a while, so I was like, I need to make that joke. We had two free weekends that they just kind of let us do whatever we want for the weekend. Uh, one of them, all of us together went to Amsterdam, which it it was a lot of fun, but we didn't get to do a lot of the Amsterdam things because you have to book that stuff weeks in advance. If you want to do it, like the Anne Frank House, and I forgot that's in Amsterdam. Yeah, the Anne Frank House. Um, Man, I keep forgetting that. The the Van Gogh Museum, um, the the Rembrandt. You kind of mm-hmm. have to book that stuff weeks in advance. So we got to see it all and be around it all, but we didn't get to do any of those things, which was a little unfortunate. But it was still a lot of fun walking around Amsterdam. 
and we went to the I am Amsterdam sign, that kind of famous sign there. They moved it. It used to be in the plaza where, like, right next to the Van Gogh Museum mm-hmm. and right in front of the Rembrandt. I'm saying like I know. Yeah, like the, ever, there's this – Like I've ever been to Amsterdam <laughs> or can just imagine what it looks like. Yeah, I <laughs> I want to explain so badly because I can see it perfectly in my head, this whole situation of the Rembrandt and yeah. the sign and the Van Gogh Museum right down the sidewalk. But I obviously can't explain every detail, but there's that's just how it used to be set up. But they moved it. There's a train station in Amsterdam, and then behind it across the water is where the sign is now. And then there's some tall building there with a swing that goes over the edge of the building, and it's like the highest swing in Europe or something. Hmm. So we went on that because it was like two euros, and so we we're just swinging over the edge. And you know people are screaming because if that if it happens to break as you're over the edge then you just fall down the building obviously that would never happen it's this, right. it's this ginormous like metal structure of a swing um so Amsterdam was a lot of fun we just didn't get to do a lot but i did do the most european thing i could have possibly done and Pay to was, go to the bathroom i did that plenty of times <laughs> i feel like that's the most european thing to do but go ahead. the most european thing to do is walk around the streets of amsterdam and tasting cheese mm. which is what we did we were literally for two, three hours. We were going from farmer's market to farmer's market and just random streets of Amsterdam. We didn't know where we were. Like, we knew we were in Amsterdam. We had a map, but we were just going up and down streets. And there were farmer's markets open, and we walk in, taste cheeses, and walk out and go find more cheese somewhere else. Did you know what kind of cheese you were eating? Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. There were some cheeses I'd never heard of and cheeses I'd had heard of. And there was just one that was the best one. It was just called farmer's cheese. I don't know exactly what cheese it is even now, but it was incredible. It was this dark yellow cheese, and it was just so, so good and so rich. And I would have melted all of it to make a macaroni and cheese dish for myself. <laughs> it would have been so good. Let's look it up. Farmer's Cheese Amsterdam. I'm just going to look it up and see if I can find Go it. for it. It was the most European thing we could have done. Then yeah. we intentionally avoided the red light district because – <laughs> Absolutely not. We, we, well, you guys went there during the day, right? No, I did not go there. No, we just went to Amsterdam during the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. We okay. were we, we were there. We, we were in there. We were at Amsterdam for two days, so we were there during night as well. Gotcha. But we just didn't go to that side of Amsterdam. It says farmer's cheese, right? Yeah, that's what it was called. Mm. Oh, I also forgot when we were in Berlin. There's this thing called the TV Tower, and it's like the highest point in Germany. And so we went up to that, and you can just see legitimately miles in all directions because it's this circular tower at the top, um, or this circular dome that you go to at the top, and you just kind of walk around. There's also a restaurant a little higher up in the tower that's supposedly really good. We didn't eat there because it was crazy expensive, Mm -hmm. and we had to pay for all of our own food. Even though it was you know a study abroad trip, we had to pay for food while we were there. Kind of sucks. But it was gorgeous being out there. Some people didn't want to pay to go to the top, so we would we could we found them while we were up there, and they just I literally couldn't make out who was who. I just knew that they I just knew where they were standing, and we could see them, but they were just I forget how high it is up to a TV tower, but it's kind of scary because especially mm-hmm. it like I said, it's a circular dome, so you could just stand on the glass. If you wanted to, you're not supposed to walk over this little ledge and stand on the glass, but the glass is right there. Mm. And it's just, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. Right. Especially if you're someone that's afraid of heights, which (laughs) some of the people that went up there were people that were afraid of heights, but they didn't want to miss out on that experience just because of that. Yeah. 
So much fun. Farmer's cheese is a fresh cheese. Like a, this is not like a packaged cheese, mm-hmm. but it's a pressed cottage cheese that is slightly more acidic and has a firmer texture thanks to a lower moisture content. So it's like really? low moisture cottage cheese. Interesting, because I hate cottage cheese. Yeah, that's the, that's kind of what I would guess about you that you would hate cottage. I hate cheese. cottage cheese, but that cheese was incredible. It was the, so good. Farmer cheese. Hold on, I'm just looking up one more thing. Anyways, keep going. Yeah. So the second free weekend, we kind of split up. Some people went to this place called the Black Forest, which was a little bit south of where we were in Osnabrück. Mm, sounds uh, cool. And then four of us, we went to Cologne, and then we went to Munich, and then we went back. So it was a lot of train rides. Oh, that's the other thing. Trains. Have we talked about trains on this podcast before? I think so, but I'm going to do it right now. Trains. trains are great. We took a train to Amsterdam and back. Dude, we... Open this episode with trains. We freaking love trains. We love trains. Trains are the best, dude. I, I, what? I think Biden recently tweeted something, and it was like, hold on, I have to go find this because it was something to the effect of, um, America, uh, or people don't, do, uh, people do things, and people hadn't done things until someone laid the first track or something. And it was talking about the rail, uh, the railroad system, and I want to find it because I remember reading it, and it made me so mad <laughs> because it was like it was like we didn't do things, and then we built the railroad system, and I was like, what? I want it back. I want the real <laughs> thing back, where the railroad system can take me to other places. I think Biden's trying to do that too, at least at some point. I, he better. I'm. <laughs> I, I read that tweet, and I physically got angry. I I was so mad. I was like, I just want anyway. Trains. trains, dude. It was so good. Also, Germany is gorgeous, like the countryside of Germany. So you're on a train. There's nothing that special to look at, at least in our part of America, if you were to get on a train, especially down here. Like there aren't there aren't even any hills. You're just kind of no. going. But it's so funny how flat America is too. At least our part of it. Well, like I was looking at a topography of America, and like literally. Three quarters of America is almost entirely flat or under sea level. Yeah, like you've got, and then for, there's like this line, and it's all mountainous from yeah, there on out. The Rockies are like kind of there, and then the Appalachians are like boom, and then everything else is just kind of flat. No, it's the inverse. The Appalachians are like right, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you're good. Um, yeah, as but Germany is just gorgeous. The whole countryside, and they have windmills on all the a lot of the flat places, and they're huge windmills. And we went to this windmill factory. You don't know how absolutely ginormous a windmill is until you're standing under it yeah. and then inside of it. Because we, we went inside of the base of a windmill and you, it's absolutely the base of it is ginormous. Like it's this like f- f- 60 foot, 70 foot radius as the base of the expe- windmill. I would have expected more, honestly. I would have expected it to be like 100 yards wide at least. Oh, it's like certainly not a hundred yards wide. You know, it's like, definitely not that big. But just how tall it is, it's absolutely insane. You have yeah. no idea until you're standing under one. Um, but yeah, so we went to Cologne and then over to Munich, and there's this cathedral in Cologne. And let me tell you, this cathedral, uh, called the I want to make sure I get this name right. I'm not going to pronounce it properly, but it's called the Kölner Dome. Kölner. Yeah, it's the cathedral in Cologne, and. It is legitimately 
the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. That building is incredible. And for the, the train station where we got off in Cologne, it's in the center of the city. So you walk out of the train station and then boom, cathedral. It's right there. And the hotel that we were staying in, we happened, we had, there was for some reason, this hotel that's right next to the train station or right next to the cathedral was normally like 999 a night. But for some reason, we're only going to be there for one night. And it was like 200 a night. It had got slashed for like some short amount of time. And the four of us were like, let's just go there. It's right next to it. Yeah. So, so we happened to stay there. And there's this bridge you can also take if you take a like a lesser train station or uh, just a – you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. There's this bridge you cross, and it's one of those bridges that has a lot of locks on it with people, you know, with their relationships and whatever. And there's one side of the bridge just you can't see the fence at all because of all the locks. Just all of it's covered. And the other side, which I guess is just not frequented at all, had like 10 locks. Like, if you looked on the other side of the bridge where there's a walkway, there's just nothing there. But this side of the bridge just locks and locks and locks. And there was this one lock that was, like, three feet by three feet. It was this ginormous piece of garbage. Hmm. But so you can walk across that bridge. And then when we got to Cologne, it was 1045 at night, I want to say. And it was still not dark. It was still the sky was still orange. And the way that cathedral looked when the sky was orange at 1045 at night, I'm telling you, it was the most, it was legitimately like the most breathtaking thing I've ever seen was this cathedral. And then, so the next day we actually went inside of it, which was on a Sunday. So mass was happening. And so we were just kind of, we kind of sat there for a little bit during mass. And then we went to the different things and. Uh, I'm surprised they let you in there during mass. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a just walk in and experience mass if you want to kind of thing. Um, cause I know like there are museums that are open, like, cause we went to them in France. Um, but on Sundays they were closed and they, and they had service. So you weren't allowed to visit. Yeah. They had um, the service in the cathedral and they had the choir. You you just got to sit there and kind of watch it happen. And then a lot of the places we went, we also went down to the crypts as well. And that's, you know, that's a very somber, uh, experience mm -hmm. as well. And then we came back out and we were like, we learned that you could go to the top of the cathedral if you wanted to. Like there was a way to climb the however many stairs it was, 900 something steps to the top of it. And we were like, let's see how much that is. Two euros. So we we're like, oh, yeah, we're 100 percent doing that. That is a singular coin of money. I feel like if if something that historical was in America and you wanted to climb to the top of it, that was going to be something that cost you like 20 bucks to experience that. Oh, yeah, like like riding in the in the uh, Empire State Building is pretty expensive. And you ride an elevator, and it's literally like so incredibly cramped. And yeah, you pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. And it, it was literally two euros. You said you had to walk up the steps, of course. But, I mean, you get up there, again, breathtaking view of Cologne. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much in Europe. And in Germany in general, there's just so much that we did. So that was the main thing about Cologne was that cathedral because it was just breathtaking to me. And then after that, we went over to Munich, which I was super excited for because we had booked a tour of the Bayern Munich Stadium, the Allianz Arena, mm -hmm. which, of course, you know me, big soccer guy. Big soccer. And Bayern Munich is an incredible German. They're the best German team in German history ever. They're so good. And so we got to tour that stadium 
which was I mean I would I want to see a professional game at some point but being in the stadium alone was enough and then we got to go to their their whole trophy room setup that they have with all their uh just every single trophy they have the Germans league and the uh the champion league trophies and just everything that they have I just just being in a soccer stadium was so cool the first part of being in um Munich was a little bit bad though because we got to the hotel and the other two people that were with us, their room had uh, bed bugs. And so they had to switch. And we had to spend the whole day, like, switching places that we were staying, which was a little annoying. But it was really, like, the only the one bug we had of taking trips anywhere. That was really the only the one biggest hiccup we had the entire – you heard that too? Yeah. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Um, I hope that didn't come through. Oh, it's a dog. Oh. Uh, well, that's unfortunate for us. <laughs> we were worried about these birds tweeting, but they haven't been tweeting at all. Yeah, no, and then a dog started barking. Um, let's see. Oh, there's this chain restaurant in Europe called Vapiano. Hmm. It was so good. It was one of these places they I give never you, saw that. They give you this empty card when you walk in, and then there are all these different stations of people making like pasta and pizzas and all that kind of stuff. And you order what you want, you scan it at that station. And you eat, and at the end of your dining experience, you bring the card to the cat, the cashier, and then they charge you what's on that card. So it was a really interesting way of doing it. So you know, you don't have to worry about waiters or anything like that. You're just kind of your own waiter yeah. walking to a station. That's pretty cool. And they had this. They made this carbonara. It was the best pasta I've ever had in my life. Really, it was so good. It had bacon in it, and it's oh, oh. carbonara is great. It was so. I was the best pasta I've ever had in my life. I went to Vapiano like four times <laughs> while I was in Germany. It was so good. That's awesome. Um, let's see. I bought a guitar while I was in Germany. You did. I got there because in the center of the city, there's this uh, there's this waffle place which was really good, and next to it there was this guitar center. And the second I saw it, I was like, I really want a guitar from a different country. And then so I got one. <laughs> Was it like a regular guitar center or was it like a guitar store, like a local one? It was like a local guitar store. Oh, it wasn't, okay. It wasn't. I think when you said guitar center, I was like, like the the brand. Yeah, no, 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 no. I just mean like it was a center for guitars. Yeah. Like it was just a guitar shop. And so I got this nylon string guitar. I was going to be really disappointed in you if you bought like <laughs> a guitar center guitar no. from Germany. No, I had this. Ni- I bought this nylon string guitar. And for some reason in Germany, I was on this whole kick where I would go to bed at like two. Or one, and I would wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Yeah. And I was thriving the entire time. And so I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and I'd go down to our basement where we were staying and I would play guitar and I would read uh, and I would work out if I felt like it, which wasn't a lot of the time. One of our guys, Nathan, he was working out every morning as well. Um, but I was just up early and doing stuff and I would make coffee for other people because they wanted coffee when they woke up. Um, so I, I, I played the guitar a lot. And then on the flight back, it had. I had to put it in bulk, uh, bulk packaging, and then it got lost on the way back here. Um, and so they had to drive it to me where I was staying in Orlando after oh, they wow. got it back. It was a whole thing. That's but, wild. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I bought a bought a guitar in Germany, which, in hindsight, I literally did not give one ounce of thought to how I was going to get it back to back to America. I just knew that I was going to buy a guitar. I didn't give an ounce of thought to how I was bringing it mm. back. I just wanted it, and so I got it. Yeah, it worked itself out, but that was. In- I I had a very similar experience with like with food because they have a a bit of a problem with you bringing food back into America uh, and alcohol too because 
a lot of us kids were underaged. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't bring back I didn't bring back any alcohol but food. When we, uh, I guess this will be the, the wrap up to all, all of my story time. For real? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, again, there's so much that I could talk about, but we're already like an hour 15. I don't want to go for too long. My voice is already starting to hurt (laughs) because I've been doing the bulk of the conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm sure things will come up as future episodes come out just in conversation. But so we're, we're coming on the way back and four of us happen to have the same flight. We had different seats because... You know, we all booked our flights before the trip. Like, we didn't know each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. Actually, they had all met each other. Like, I hadn't met any of them. There was one day where it was like, you were the people going on this trip. This Wednesday at this time, we're going to have this meeting just so you, you can all meet each other. I wasn't able to go because I had a class. It was when I was in DML. And uh, my lab was Wednesdays during that time. So I couldn't meet any of them. And then at some point during the trip, someone was like, Kyle, you weren't at that meeting, were you? And I was like, no. And they go, yeah, because I definitely would have remembered you because you definitely would have introduced yourself. No one introduced themselves to each other at that meeting. Like wow. some someone had like told them what the trip was going to be, and then they all just kind of left. Wow. Like nobody introduced themselves to each other. And I was like, oh, I would have said hi to all of you and then made you say hi to each other. <laughs> but so we're... <laughs> That's totally your personality. Yeah. <laughs> so we're waiting for this flight, and we, we, they, we get in line for the economy class or whatever, and then it just stops. And this guy who presumably was the pilot came out and he grabs a microphone and he starts speaking in English to my surprise. I thought he was going to be speaking in German for whatever he was going to say. But I think most of us were Americans getting back to America. Makes sense. So it comes out and he's speaking in English and he says, so we have a problem. I'm paraphrasing here for the most part. So this flight is going to have to be canceled, not delayed, straight up canceled. And so then, you know, the rush of the crowd is clamoring like, oh, my God, cancel flight. And so he says, and for transparency, of course, we're going to tell you why it has to be canceled. So planes, of course, are sitting in a hangar before they are brought out to, you know, if to go fly. Yeah, to go fly for, you know, if they haven't been on the circuit for the for the day. Mm -hmm. This plane, when being taken out of the hangar, all the cables hadn't been taken off of the plane. So when the plane started driving out of the hangar, the cables that were still attached to it just kind of ripped things out of the plane. And in this case, it ripped the septic system Mm. out of the plane. So the plane was no longer flyable. And I guess as a side tangent, I don't know how integral the septic system is to the flight of the plane. Obviously, no one would be able to use the restroom on the plane. flight, yeah. But I don't know if you could rip that off and the plane could still fly. I don't know how it works. Probably not. I think but... it could still literally fly, but they were not going to make you sit on an AR flight without going to the bathroom. So flight got canceled. And I knew when I was coming back, my family was immediately going to Disney for six days or like seven days or something. I wasn't getting any rest when I was getting back. Um, so we're trying to figure out how to get a flight. And one of our friends, Chloe, her dad was like, there's one tomorrow at the same time as this flight would have been to Orlando. And I was like... That's great. My family's already in Orlando. They don't even have to make a big drive to Tampa now. Mm-hmm. They can just stay where they are and come get me. So we were all fine with Orlando. So we get put up in a hotel that night. And I forget, it was a really good dinner at that hotel. It was really nice food. And then the next day we wake up. And this is the one gripe I had with Germany was breakfast. Breakfast in Germany sucked. Really? It was all 
stale bread and cold meats. You'd wake up, especially in the hostels that we were staying in, the, all, the, all that's there for breakfast is, like I said, cold circular deli meat that's not that great and just kind of stale white bread. And maybe some butter if you were lucky. Like that's surprising. Breakfast was awful. I hated it. As a as a uh, connoisseur of American breakfast, I love American breakfast. I love American breakfast. French breakfast was incredible. Yeah, I I, I don't know how I'm gonna fit all the stuff I did in France. That's in what I'm saying. I've episode. literally left out 98 percent of the things that we did. Maybe we should just do a part two. Like I had we like spread it out into four four I, podcasts. I have not talked at all about the fact that I was doing school there. Yeah, this like, has all been the trips and the different places that we went to. I think we just gotta make this into each two parts because honestly, I've been thinking about. I I know I've been I've been paying attention to you. I'm not not like saying I'm right. not paying attention, but I've been thinking about things I'm gonna have to leave out, and I'm like, no, I can't leave that out. It's so important. I know. I want to talk about so many different stories about the schooling part. No, anyway, we, part two is definitely. But I, at some point in the future, yeah, we won't do it immediately. Okay. I don't think. Well, if it's gonna be week by week, it's probably it makes sense to do it back to back. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, later. Um. What was I talking about? Uh, you're talking about your German breakfast. The breakfast, right. Yeah. So I hated German breakfast. So we wake up the next day after our flight's been canceled. And we're, you know, getting breakfast and just kind of scrounging stuff up because none of us really liked it that much. I just – I don't like cold meat in the morning. Yeah. Cold meat, like, at lunch is fine. I love a good, like, turkey chicken cheese sandwich. That's great. But so we're, we're eating breakfast, and we go back up to the, the whole spread that they've got laid out. And the way that was set up, we, you know, all our tables and our, the, our seating area was at one spot. And then directly to the just imagine you're looking at that. And then directly to the right is the whole breakfast spread that they've got set up. And there's this big partition that goes up to the ceiling. And then, you know, that's the, the counter is there with food. And there's space on both parts of the partition that just goes to a different part of the building. So we go back up there and we go to the other side of the partition because... I think we'd seen some other people go around there to grab like butter or something. And we were like, oh, we need that. And on the other side was pancakes and eggs and bacon and sausage. And they were just catering to us Americans. And we were ecstatic. Oh, you still had time to eat? So happy. Oh, we had so much time to eat. It was early in the morning and we were so happy. We were like, oh, my God, food, real food, Uh, correct breakfast food. That's so funny. And so we're grabbing eggs and bacon and sausage and pancakes and just gorging ourselves. And if I had to guess, on each strip of bacon was probably about one shaker and a half's worth of salt. On each strip of bacon. I'm telling you, it was the saltiest bacon. Wow. Nay, the saltiest food (laughs) I've ever eaten in my entire life. And I didn't realize it until like 12 pieces of bacon in. Just because I was just vacuuming all of the food. And then at some point I was like, that's pretty salty. And then I took a, a bite of bacon and actually paid attention to the bite that I was taking. And I tasted how much salt was on there. And and I didn't care, and I ate, like, ten more pieces of bacon. <laughs> oh, man. Um, So we get on the flight, and later on, and the flight was, like I said, 2 in the afternoon. And by the time we're going to land in Orlando, it's only going to be 6 p.m. Orlando time. So, like, we could sleep on the flight, but then we'd have jet lag, and I, did, I wanted to circumvent jet lag. So we just decided that we were going to watch movies until the flight ended without sleeping. So I watched four movies straight in a row. 
Did you sit with your friends? Yeah, yeah. We all when we were able to set up the new flight, we were able to get the four seats in the center of the plane because there were four of us mm-hmm. on the same flight. So I forget what I watched on the way back. I know I watched Aquaman, which I hadn't seen yet. I watched Mary Poppins Returns, which I hadn't seen yet. Did you um, watch No Pierce on the plane? No, oh. no, that was not on the plane. I f- I do not remember what. I- oh, Shawshank Redemption. We watched. Hmm. I had seen that before, but I just loved that movie, and they wanted to watch it. And I forget what the fourth movie was, but we watched all these movies, and then we landed. And then I had the whole fiasco of my guitar not showing up and trying to find my suitcase and, you know, the whole – the typical travel stuff. So we get back to the house that we're staying in Orlando with my family for the next seven days Mm -hmm. for Disney. And I was like, okay, it's 6 o'clock now. I'll probably go to bed at, like, 9, and I'll be fine for the rest of the week. And then something – I just was not tired ever. For some for some reason, I just was not tired, and so I stayed up with my siblings. And in the house we were in, there was a a ping not ping pong. There was a air hockey table, and a foosball table, I think, in the game room of the house. And then I was up till two in the morning with them playing games in the game room because I just was not tired. And then I did all of my Disney things. And then once we got finally got back home, then I slept for. A decent bit for me. I, I one of the days I went to bed at like eight o'clock, and then I woke up at eight o'clock. I was so, twelve hours is a long time for me to sleep. That was I was great. I was so excited to see you when we got back. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you not remember that? I, I came mean, right to your house like when you came back from Disney. Oh yeah, I guess that's like, true. I, and I was like, "How was your trip?" I went to have my trip, and like we just sat down and we just expelled. Yeah, we were we were in my kitchen for probably like, two hours. Oh, way more. And than my that. my mom walked in and she was like, "Well, I guess you'll tell me about your trip one of these days." <laughs> I was like, "I just got back. Look, here are all the pictures that I showed you while I was yeah, in she Orlando for a week in Disney." She didn't ask. I, we talked about it uh, quite extensively. Okay. But uh, like we didn't have just a sit down conversation of like point to point to point of what I did, because um, that felt like a little much, yeah. unless it was a podcast, in which case it's not a little much. No, I, I really hope you guys enjoyed it because I did. I, I like hearing about your story. And this is what I actually want to end with is just kind of a theoretical question, which would be, would I go back? And if if travel was unlimited right like if i could just tr- if i knew that at some point i would travel to all the places obviously i would go back but because i don't know how much i will travel in my life and how many opportunities to travel i will have i don't know if i will go back mm. i would love to go back i don't know if i will it depends on how much i get to travel and how many different places i get to see i was going to make this a feature app, which is like if we could travel together, no restrictions. Where would we go? Oh, then that's a different episode. Yeah, we can we can figure that because there's plenty of answers to that. Yeah, because I do want to take you to France, and I would love to do a Europe trip. Like I'd go to Amsterdam with you. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, like I'd lo- um, obviously I have been to France. I would love to see France. There's a lot of Europe I want to see. Yeah, uh, I just don't know if I would go back to the places of Germany that I went to specifically for the sake of not going back to somewhere I've already been because I don't know how limited my travel will be in my lifetime. Yeah. I would, I, I loved Osnabrück, which I didn't even get to, I didn't even talk that much about the city I stayed in, which yeah. was Osnabrück. It's a, it was a small town and I loved it there. It was just, it was an easy bus system. We were right next to the university that we were doing our classes in. 
um, we went and played knockout at this singular basketball hoop in the city. There was one singular basketball hoop in the city, and it wasn't even a basketball court. It was at this park in grass. There was mm-hmm. like this, there was like this five yard by two yard concrete slab in front of the hoop, and then just a bunch of grass. There was no court. There was no attempt at basketball anywhere it was so funny that we just happened to find this one hoop and we we went and played knockout quite a few times with all of us together i'm sorry i'm a bit sleepy guys um i figured you hear me yawning throughout the episode i'm a bit sleepy but so that is about two percent of my 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 german excursion i anticipate i'll probably be able to convince you to do a part two next week because i think that's I think because number one, it's an easy app to knock out, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But it's also interesting. I think it just kind of—I I definitely want to hear it. You know, I mean, I would—I I would love to talk about it more. I wouldn't mind spacing it out. But again, we can have this conversation off mic. Yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I'm excited to tell you about France next week. Yeah. Tell us about places <sighs> you've been and travel. And try, yeah, travel, travel in general. Go places, it's especially. So much fun. You know what? This is this is the plug. Get the vaccine so that you can travel. There you go, Kyle. Go get it. I got my first dose Monday, um, because it was, we were allowed to. U.S. students, or you know, the whole Florida thing is like adults can get it April fifth, and then U.F. was like, now that you guys can get it, sign up for it. And so I got it on April fifth, yeah. the first dose, of course. So go go get that. So that when all this is kind of said and done in the next however many months here, you can travel. I kind of just really want to just take a random week in the summer and just go somewhere. I want you to. I don't. I, I don't know if that'll happen, money. but I just I want to do it. Yeah. Um. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Later, skater. We'll see you in France next week. In France, au revoir.